don't eat dry crackers <laughs> and not have something to drink. It's stuck right in my throat and it's making me crazy. That is funny. <laughs> dry crackers yeah. before you go on air. <clears throat> it's like, here, have these saltines and whistle for me. <laughs> this doesn't work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So we pick up where we left off. Yeah. So marketability. Would you have them listed as marketability, scalability, well, profitability? Scalability, scalability, profitability, marketability, and sustainability. All right. And we were arguing about the, the order. Yeah. But and, I don't know. And you're right. There's probably no order for this. I thought there was. Yes, there is. The more we spoke, there's not an order. There and it's has, not marketability comes is. first. There has to be an order. Because the best ideas still need an audience. And you say that's marketability. I think there's more in marketability than just the audience, though. So, yeah, maybe yeah, that probably. piece of marketability comes, but we also need, we need to talk about promotions. We need to talk about all of that stuff goes in marketability. So it's not just, is this idea going to work? No, it's can you sell it? Does it have an audience? I'll go back isn't, to my... that, isn't that scalability? No. And I'll Scal tell you why. Scalability is audience and can you get bigger? I only need one person your to buy from me. Your mom can only buy so many products. <laughs> no, and but here's... Then, then you need to grow because your mom's <laughs> going to run out of money. <laughs> You're, yeah. So here's, here's my, here's my uh, outlook on this. What's your goal? If your goal is to sell a, a billion dollars, we'll say a billion dollars is your goal. I need an audience of one to sell, to sell, to buy my pen at the price of one billion and one dollars. Perfect. Now I don't need to grow. I don't need to sell it to anybody else. I just need to find the one guy that will spend a billion dollars for my pen. Correct. So where's, where's the scalability of that? marketability that's not really applicable now i'm giving you the extremes do you think i know i don't think that's an extreme i think that's actually doable <laughs> you want to buy a pen <laughs> <laughs> it says bic written all over it <laughs> no i don't think it actually has bic on it anywhere <laughs> <laughs> all right on this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we join back with our scalability, profitability, marketability, and sustainability conversation, how to build your business. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. Yeah, All so right, Mike, we're, we're back in. We're back okay. in talking about these four things. We spoke about scalability last week. Now we talk about profitability. And I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns that I still think we need to have something in there. There needs to be a way to find out if the customer even wants it. But that's kind of my underlying premise, right? We talked about everything sales mm -hmm. from the customer's point of view. Yep. So where's the customer's view in this? Well, the customer's view has to be throughout the whole thing. You know, we need to understand first to your point, is it marketable? Yeah. You know, who wants to buy it? And then is the group large enough to be able to keep going to meet my goals, which is scalability? Are they going to want it at the price point that I'm offering it, which helps profitability? 
And is this a one-time deal or is this something that I will be able to continue through with sustainability? So the underlying current is, I think we just need to say the underlying current is, yes, we have something that somebody wants. Now Okay, what? so we're going to work on that assumption. Because I'm giving you ridiculous scenarios, right? I, I, I recognize which I that. love, which I love. And, <laughs> and, and if I, if we didn't move on, then we're not going to get to the other, other pieces. And I love profitability because for me, I wrote down four areas of profitability. One, the easiest one is from the company's view. The second though, is from the sales reps commissions wise, is this worth mm -hmm. my time? The third is going to be how easy is the sales process? Cause it might be in, the commissions might be great, but it takes too long. It's not going to be worth my time. And put it in a, a Steve Paulism. Steve Paul was a VP of sales that I worked with. Is mm -hmm. the juice worth the squeeze? Correct. Absolutely yeah. correct. And then there's also, okay, maybe it's not financially profitable commission-wise for me. Is it going to provide me company credibility? Do I get the company cred? Is that worth it to be able to go and sell X type of product? So those are the four items of profitability that I want to talk about. And should we knock out the company one first? Because that's probably the easiest to do. Sure. Okay. Not always, every time you go in, you're always selling three things, right? You're selling your company, you're selling your product, and you're selling yourself. So I, I agree. The, profit, or the profitability is directly tied to company sales. Now, from if we're the owner of the company, yes, we want to make sure that profitability is built in. And mm -hmm. it might take some time to get profitable because you're paying off, you know, whatever setup fees are involved. But once that's paid off, then in just ensuring that everything's profitable is, is huge. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you don't have a business very long. Correct. Although I'm glad that didn't take too long to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but think about it. If you're not, you have to have the, enough sales to cover your overhead mm -hmm. and the future of the overhead, because if you've leveraged it or financed it, you need to be able to do this going to sustainability over a period mm -hmm. of time, right? But profitability comes back to more than just, can I make a dime? There's a lot of, a lot goes into the equation. We can bring in a whole finance discussion on that, but there's a lot that goes into that number. I love the idea of transparency in this portion here, which freaks a lot of people out to the but customer when I was, to the customer. Yeah. Cause when I was, when I was selling, I have no problem saying, Hey, this is how much it actually costs to make. Here's our markup. Here's what I'm selling it to. Here's my commission. And then this is, this is it for you. So when you can't do that, it's usually because you're hiding something in there. And the phrase that goes here is pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Mm -hmm. so, so the idea is don't be extremely greedy. There's a, that, that, that's not, that's not helpful for anybody. So make your margins decent and make them so they can be transparent to the customer. I like the idea of being transparent to the customer, but I don't know that you need to provide all that information because if, I, if I'm selling you a product, here's the market price. It's, it's made, the market has established a parameter, right? The market is giving you, okay, if it's within this range, it's acceptable because go back to my pen analogy. Nobody's going to buy a billion dollar pen. No. If you are going mm -hmm. to buy a billion dollar pen, please call me because I've got a couple in my drawer that I can sell you. But nobody's going to pay. Nobody's going to pay for that. Right. Because the market doesn't dictate that a billion dollars is the price. Mm -hmm. 
it's also really easy to find pricing these days. Like Incredibly most, easy. most of, most of the things that I purchased on Amazon, I can go to Alibaba and I can see what it's like if I were going to be the importer mm-hmm. you know, and how much they would actually cost. And so I can see the direct markup that these individuals put. Right. But, but you're right. It's, it's the market as I'm scrolling through, I'm seeing, okay, this is doable. Now, now most products, they might not have an Alibaba-esque equivalent, like buying cars. Right. But the reality is, to your point, the market's going to dictate what you can and can't charge. Yeah, because not... And we used to use kind of the analogy, uh, this is way back in the day, a Pinto and a Lamborghini, they're both cars. Mm-hmm. People are going, what's a Pinto? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me let me think of another one. Toyota. And they market specifically to different groups, right? You have mm-hmm. the Toyota Corolla. I think, I don't know, even that's still a car. But you've also got the Lexus. And they're two different ends of the spectrum. They do exactly the same thing. It's just, what do you want? And the market will give you, here's the price that you can put for that certain group of benefit or features. It's going to give it this much value. So you have to, now, in thinking of profitability, you have to be priced according to the market but you can't price yourself out of the business. Correct. Because then it cuts into your profitability because nobody buys the product. So it's a, Correct. It's a nice little balance. Yeah. And if there's no profit, then why are we selling it? Correct. It, so when we take a look next, then at commissions, I am always going to gravitate to something that pays me higher commissions. That's because you're greedy. Is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think it, it makes perfect sense. If you've got a chance to sell something, this now go back to your customer. Okay, correct. Thank, thank you for that caveat. Go ahead and put that caveat down. Yeah, when when you're selling to a customer, if you're going to develop a relationship, you're going to make it the best business offer for them. Right, exactly. Give them the correct. most value. Exactly. So yeah, thanks for thanks for putting that in because that's absolutely correct. So if I know what my customer's looking for, and I know I have A or B product both are the exact same products that's going to fit my customer's need perfectly. Well, then next I'm going to take a look at, okay, which ones has the higher commission for me? Mm -hmm. Is my customer's not going to pay a difference in the price between A and B. Well, then I'm just going to go, you know, with B because it's going to pay the higher commission. Not only that, but you leave the door wide open for your competition to come in. If, If you're a sales rep and I've got a 10 cent pencil and a $10 pen, and the customer really doesn't have a preference on which they're using, and I want to sell them the $10 pen because the commission is going to be better, that leaves the door wide open for my competition to come in with a pencil that fits every one of the, the customer's needs, but at a much better price. When sales consulting, I, I this is something that I look into because oftentimes companies are, when, I, when I've done sales consulting, they say, hey, why aren't we pushing more of this product? And then we just dive in, look at the commission structure. You know, it's typically the commission structure is built in a way that it's not advantageous for this individual to sell this product. And if they say, well, it is, it pays more, then it goes to the third point that I have, which is the ease of the sales process. If the sales mm-hmm. process isn't easy and the commission's not worth it, then you're going to revert back to what's the easiest sale at the best commission. True. And I'm I'm not a big fan of going to that model exclusively because that starts to eliminate 
what's best for the customer. Sometimes what's best for the company is a more difficult sales process. There's more hoops to jump through, but it's the best decision for the customer. In that case, some sometimes then you pass it off. Like for example, if I know, and this, it, it varies, but selling bracing, for example, if I can use that, I, I knew that what this person needed, it's something I could provide, but I didn't have the time to do it. And so I said, Hey, so-and-so at my competition is going to be able to take great care of you in this area. You know, it's something that I do. They do it better. They can do it faster. They can do it more efficiently, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. And that's typically having that conversation to say, you need this. It's just not worth it for me right now to be able to provide this to you. You're, I'm going to send you over to them. And they might have a great experience. Yeah, that's another form of transparency with your customer. The easy sales process, making it easy for sales reps to sell the products that you want sold. There has to be that that formula, that methodology. Now, if it's really difficult, then you pay them more to make it worth the time to be able to do it. What if it's more involved more involved in the sales on the customer's end from the sales process? And you have to become more of an expert in different channels inside the customer. In other words, it's not just about selling them a widget, but you're trying to sell them an entire process. Then you have to be more involved. Then it's a much longer process, more involved process. And then the commissions become worth it at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, we look at a lot of the um, a lot of the tech companies mm-hmm. who that process, that's that's a year plus sales process. And that's and and the payout needs to be there. And it usually is. Yeah. And that's why typically in the high tech or that kind of industry, you have, uh, I can't even think of the designation where you have the pre-sales guys that will contact you, make all the arrangements and set that all up. But then you have the technical sales guys that will come in. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because that model works really well in some industries. Other industries is completely lost. It's interesting when Companies that use that kind of model and they'll bring in a team of salespeople, they have a higher close rate, a higher success rate. They're usually, paid, they're usually paid though differently. They are paid differently. Because you, a, your sales reps still are on commission, but the people who are doing a lot of the heavy lifting, they're typically going to be sour, salary or hour, hourly workers. Correct. Correct. And so think about that business process in just in general terms, selling pens. If I hire you to call a hundred people and say, do you want to buy a pen? And you find one that says, yeah, we need pens. And then mm-hmm. you turn them over to me to kind of figure out, okay, what kind of pen do you need? Mm-hmm. So I'm paid based on that skill of helping them go through that decision. You're paid on the skill of being able to find people who want to buy a pen. Mm-hmm. Which one should get the commission? Everybody. Everybody gets commissions. <laughs> commissions for everyone. Commissions. Yeah. That'll work. But well, seriously, kind of who do you, who do you think profitability? Who do you think has uh, really deserves the commission on that end? The salesperson. Which one's the salesperson? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. I I see the guy that's calling saying, "Do you want a pen? Do you need a pen?" That's not sales. He's the he's the filter. Right. The actual sales comes into diagnosing what the customer really needs. That guy should get the commission. The other guy should be paid hourly. If they're paid hourly, that filter, then 
the maybe not paid box. hourly. How about how about not paid hourly, but paid by the number of people they contact of leads? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I was I was talking to somebody who does door to door marketing, and they have their what they call closers that come in, mm-hmm. but the people who are doing the door to door, they're just paid on how many appointments they can set up. Yeah, that's so all Caitlin, they're all right? they're trying to do. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So Caitlin has that same model. Um, some other people that I've spoken with have the similar model as well as they pay on referral basis. Like, Hey, you go knock doors, you get me appointment set up. Awesome. I'll give you money for it. Whether, whether they close it or not, they're going to get money for it. And if they close it, then they get more money. But yeah. So, so when we look at that ease of process for the person selling, when I do that, I'm typically making sure that yes, I might be paid twice as much for X, but I'm likely going to go out to find the customers who need Y, because even though I get paid twice as much, I can do three times as much business with product Y. So I'm going to go find the customers who want Y instead of X. Makes perfect sense. You follow the numbers. Uh, but the challenge is, is companies get frustrated sometimes of, hey, why aren't we selling more of this product? It's like, well, the reason we're not is because it's too difficult or it takes too much time or it's the imbalance. So then what do people typically do? They drop the commissions on the easier product and say, now you've been selling too much of it. We're going to lower it. And that doesn't motivate people to go to the other product. It motivates people to get out and go to a different company. Where's the customer stand in all that? I think there's, there's multiple customer bases. Like for example, if I'm selling a product, like if I, let's say I have three products those three products potentially could have three different client bases. And so I'm going to spend my time in the client base with the product that is easiest to sell. The path of least resistance. Correct. Because it pays me more per my time than if I were to do any others. So it's not necessarily what's best for the customer because realistically I'm finding that customer segment that wants this product. So it's best for that customer segment, not customer B. Correct. So how how does customer B get served? Um, By a different company who has a different commission structure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which can be. Or Or it just doesn't happen, unfortunately. Because it goes back to profitability. The company's not profitable enough to pay a high enough commission to be able to do it. So those customers... Company B, those customers, that's kind of an untapped business reason or business opportunity, right? If, if you can you figure can, out how to get to them frictionless. Mike, and really I think simple. this I think this goes back to our backpack, you know, that we're that we're building. You know, our backpack's great. The the it makes so much sense. Yet when we look at the ease of the sales process, companies are saying, I don't want to take that on. That's too much work. It's it's a great idea. It's too revolutionary. The customers, yeah, might like it, but they're not, they might not be our customers right now. So I'm not even going to worry about it. So it's, it's an unserved market. And how do you tap into the market? We should, we should have taken the backpack and put the, the backpack business that we have going. We should have looked through, at it, the profitability market. Yeah. Through the different yeah. filters. Yeah. That would have been great. There is a time though that it is, there's a point to kind of take one for the team. There's a time to be able to step up and sell a product 
because it gives you credibility inside the organization. So for example, I was reached out by a VP and the VP said, hey, we have this leftover inventory, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth. We need you to get rid of it. And they said, we'll pay you a little bit, but it's not, it's not going to be enough for your time and we get it. We just need you to do us a favor. And with that being stated, by me doing them a favor in return, there was benefits to me that weren't financial. The benefits were, hey, we're going to take a look at you you know, when it comes to, you know, promotions or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So it's not just all money involved in commissions. Sometimes there's credibility inside the company that, that you can sell certain things for, for an opportunity. Yeah. And that makes sense because that's the third thing you're selling, right? Company, Mm -hmm. product, and you're selling yourself. Yeah. Inside the company as well. Yeah. So when I'm looking at these under profitability, you know, First, is it profitable to the company? And once again, that's typically not our, even managers, that's really not our expertise. That's going to be, you know, your CFO is going to be looking at it. If you're a sole, sole individual, yeah, the, the company profitability for the company will be important. You know, it's us with the backpack looking at it and saying, mm-hmm. okay, is this potentially going to make money? And if it is, what's the price point somebody's going to pay? What do we need for our margins? And so, yes, we're taking a look at that. And then the next is, you know, my personal commissions, is it worth my time to be able to sell? And this, if it's worth it for somebody, doesn't necessarily mean it's worth it for the next person. No. And that's, this is kind of where the, the art of sales comes in because we're talking about the science, right? The hard numbers, Mm -hmm. the art comes in with matching your personality, your style with that particular audience that you're comfortable with, that you excel at. And then I've always said this, I, I believe this is just the gospel according to Mike. If you're passionate about what you do and you sell it the way you like to sell, the money will follow because mm-hmm. you'll be successful. If you're focused strictly on the dollars and selling, uh, you're going to get into situations that you don't understand or it's over your head and you're going to fail. This is, which leads nicely into the ease of the sales process as the third point, because my wife always talks about doing a food truck. She would love to do a food truck. Well, that's great. And profitability, it's really low. I mean, it might be big depending on what we're doing, but the the difficulty of going out there and sacrificing my Saturdays and my evening times to be out there selling, the ease of the sales process isn't there. So even though the money might be good, for the ease, it's just, I'm not motivated enough. I'm not motivated enough to go sit in a hot car (laughs) in the summer in Phoenix on the side of the road, selling things to people in the evening time. It's just just, not, not something I want to do. You're (laughs) short-sighted. Probably. (laughs) If you side with my wife, so help me. Uh, no, I've got a couple I'll ideas. I'll get you down here. Uh, I need to talk to her because I've got a couple <laughs> ideas on that. I'm so nervous. I'm so <laughs> nervous on how that's going to turn out. It's sure enough. Yeah, it's going to be me selling on the side of the road, churros, <laughs> churros yeah. and drinks. But then the last part is, you know, sometimes, and this is, it's not going to be long term. You can't provide this company credibility or selling for company credibility. You can't do that long term. Those are usually just simple one-offs. If you're doing that in hopes of, okay, I'm going to put in all this effort to be able to build up company credibility, 
you more than likely are going to become disappointed. Yeah, but that, no, this is going to tie in, and maybe this is a good place to break it. This is going to tie in to your sustainability because there are a lot of people who put in the time to sell uh, widget A, knowing that that's not their end goal, knowing it's not where their strength is, knowing it's not their long-term plan, only to drive the ability to jump and sell widget B or to include widget B in their portfolio and then include widget C. And so it's part of a master plan for them. Mm -hmm. So how long, how long can you do that? Like how, how, how long? All right. Well then I'll, I'll let you know when I hit it next week. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I was just going to tell you, I, I talked to a, a really, really successful and great sales representative who actually started selling hot dogs in front of a home depot. Really? Yeah. Uh, he says, I knew I could get into sales. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so we started selling hot dogs in front of Home Depot because he knew people walking in and out. They're usually pretty hungry. He's, that worked out real well. For how long? He did it for about, uh, what did he say? Months? No, he did it for a year. One year? Yeah. Do we count a one-year time frame sustainable? Yes, because it led him to, if I can sell this, Eventually, he runs into somebody and says, hey, can you sell something else? So it's part of a master plan. All right. Next week, we talk about sustainability then, Mike. All right. Let's do it. We're jumping out of order. We'll, we'll skip marketability and save it for last, and we'll go to sustainability. This week's all about was all about profitability. We spoke about profitability for the company. We spoke about looking at your commissions. We also spoke the ease of the sales process. Make sure that it's easy and the juice is worth the squeeze. And then lastly, we spoke about company credibility. Um, which doesn't always last that long. No, but we did talk about this as a pie, right? Correct. So it, I don't know if there is an order. There absolutely is. Only with the underlying current that the customer. <laughs> <laughs> Focus on the customer point of view. Come back next week as we talk about scalability in building the business. Thanks so much for joining us. See ya.